Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I Abby, are in shock. I'm extremely upset. My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, I'm very happy to hear that his wife is working out of the woman here at She thinks way too much of herself. She had to get married. Dear Pod. I am losing muscle tone despite my doing Keone. I, I, I'm trying every day, but I've been eating my weight in bark thins for the past three days as it has been nonstop shit rain. It needs to be oh. over. But now it's sunny out and I have a new lease on life. Oh. Don't you? Okay. Um, I just How is from the Neverland Ranch? The is Neverland Ranch misses you. Uh, we're on the beautifying process of the pineapple ranch right now because it's, it's the second that it's sunny out, I'm planting things. I'm becoming a different person in quarantine. Oh. And, yeah. There's parts of me that I like better in here. <laughs> okay. Like, because you know okay. when you're, this is the thing, you're in quarantine, but so is everybody. So it's not like you've got FOMO and it's not like you're comparing yourself to anybody else online anymore. Do you find that? Um, no, but, um, you're comparing your quarantine to other people's quarantine and are they doing it better than you? Oh no. It's still the people that are like, Hey, I'm just doing my 50th workout for today. My six pack is a six pack. It's like, you know what? I'm doing my best I can right now. I am white knuckling this sandwich and not going down the street to the CVS and buying four packs (laughs) of family size M&M peanuts and devouring them for dinner. And, you know and I mean? there's no judgment in any of that. Suddenly it's like, <laughs> this is the great level playing field where even if somebody is online being like, did five self tapes today. I'm like, you're all assholes. None of us are going back to work anytime soon. So I don't care if you're being an overachiever right now. In fact, I'm leaning into my underachievement for the first time in my life. I'm tapping my, my underachiever. My inner underachiever. I have been tapping that underachiever for years. <laughs> Don't talk about Marcus like that. <laughs> I've been tapping dad underachiever. Shit. Um, yeah. So, so all of a sudden in quarantine, I am free to like things that I have not liked before because I feel like if I indulge in these other things, that I'm somehow taking away from like business and career, you know? And Mm -hmm. now I'm like gardening, I'm gardening. I'm planting life. Well, that's good. It's also good to, you know, motivate, create time of quarantine. Who are you in quarantine? You're a different person Mm -hmm. because you use a lot of positive sayings. I have to, um, before I lose my mind. I just kind of, kind of have to. Oh, I took my antibody I was just going to say, we just came from that today. I literally uh, just had blood drawn and I didn't faint. Oh. I know oh, well, it's that's a very good. good day. When did you have it done? Uh, Tuesday. So you have the results back? Yes, I do. I have. I have the antibody. <gasps> Congratulations. Thanks. Oh my God. This is like you telling me you're pregnant. <laughs> I really don't understand what this really means, but neither um, do sure. most pregnant women. 
Now what do I do? Should I be happy? Can I still go to happy hour? If I drank now, am I irresponsible? I have until three months, right? (laughs) The president says I can drink all this bleach, right? So I wonder when you had it. Um, I think I definitely, I, I think I had it in January or February. Or no, I think January. And then whatever the hell happened to me in March, which was totally not fun. With the headache, the long lasting um, headache. The long, the two week headache, the like, I would have just like hitched my backpack to any kind of car in front of my house to just drag me to work <laughs> and through the park. <laughs> because one day I was just like, I don't know. I just like, you know, like when you see people on the side of the street, that like their hands on like the light post and like, I can make it. No, I'm okay. You okay, sir? I'm fine. I'm fine. That was me. (laughs) Wow. People actually stopped to help you. That never happened to me in New York. (laughs) I hurt my leg once and I was going to PT for it. So I was still limping on it and I was really babying it. And I'm just walking around New York. A guy walks by me and he's like, looks like you're in pain. And he kept walking. He literally said it just like, I was like, you... You're so lucky this leg isn't working because I'd run after you and kick your ass with it. That's why I always like to carry a full diaper. Frozen. Because <laughs> you never know when you're going to have to hurl it at someone's head. That's right. So so you think you had it in January. Now, this is an interesting little tidbit that I learned from the doctore today, which, by the oh. way, this guy, if if there's like a master's degree in blood taking... He's like, he's got a PhD. He took my blood in the night like a thief. It was so delicious. I never even felt it happen. He just slipped in and out. It's Uh-oh. just like my sexy, sexy tie with my jewels. I, I didn't even, I didn't even know he was in the room. Didn't know he was there. Uh-oh. And I said, what was that? Was that a stiff breeze? I don't know. So this guy, he was, he was like a maestro. He was masterful. He, I, he even told me it was coming. He's like, you're going to feel oh. a little prick. And I was like, tell me about it. Buy me dinner first. <laughs> and he did and he did it and I didn't even feel it. And it was oh. done in two seconds. And I was like, oh. you know what? While I'm here, why don't you just take the rest of it? I only have one pint to begin with. Just take the rest <laughs> and test it for everything. Like spin everything now. Cholesterol, diabetes, just do it all because I'm here. But yeah, no, not. I focused, I focused on the antibody test. So we should be getting our results in a couple of days, which will be very interesting to hear because my Jules thinks he had it. Now, here's the other thing. Friends of mine had the antibody test. One, they're married in a 1,000 square foot apartment together. One came back positive. One came back negative. Marcus came back negative. Son of a bitch. So what yeah, does that mean? That? I don't have any idea. That's but isn't the- that what? Like... We're, like, we're getting information that we don't know what to do with it now. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's great. Wait, so what does this mean? <laughs> does it mean that he's immune to it? Could be. <clears throat> I does mean, it mean that because you have the antibodies, now you can you can donate your, I was about to say phlegm, but it's plasma, isn't it? <laughs> you can donate your plasma. Um, I think so. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to, though, because I don't think I'm allowed to. (gasps) Because you're a gay man? Yeah. Shut up. Is this a real thing still? uh, I think so. 
I mean, if any one of our viewers or listeners um, tells me differently, I think so. Wow. That is so archaic and strange. Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to give you shit then. <laughs> you don't want my plasma? You don't get my plasma. Yeah, dick. Dick. Um, now, I asked him, I said, so if I get the test back and I'm positive, does that mean I can be around my family safely again? And he said, yes. Mm-hmm. He said, We're- yes. Well, listen, anytime a lot of people, I mean, look at how many seasons of, you know, ER and Grey's Anatomy. Everyone thinks that they're actually watching doctors. Those aren't real doctors. So the guy that you probably just visited, saw, he was probably he was probably doing a couple sides, and you didn't know, because he really was, like, flushing out his scenes. So, good luck. That would be amazing. <laughs> if he's, like, here at the Scotch Plains Medical Center, I'm getting into character for a Shonda Rhimes series and if sandra O oh told me i was anything I, w- I would like believe her she's a very good yeah. actress i hope i wish sandra O oh took my blood i mean I, what, what was interesting is also what he said which is something that you just echoed and i've heard from somebody else so i know somebody well this is a friend of a friend of course who was who oh. had corona so he he tested positive he had corona he's working on the front lines of the hospital system in Boston. So he's working, he's like in the beehive. So back oh. in March, he had it. And he tested positive for it. He quarantined the two weeks, the whole schmageggy, leaves his body, has his two negative tests, and goes back to work. Okay. Well, just last week, he suddenly lost smell and taste again. Oh. For a little bit. Now, you're saying you think you had it in January and then something came back in March. This doctor said... So if you get it and you have it and you show some symptoms, there's a possibility that two months after you've had it, the symptoms uh, on a lesser scale can return because the virus is still just kicking about your system, you know, huh. like Pong. So it's just like, you know, in Pong, it just sort of is going to peter out eventually and it's going to anger everybody because it's in television. It will eventually, it, it came back again, but it's not... It's not you catching the virus a second time. All right. Do All with right. that information what you will. I'm just telling okay. you what a man who uh, works in the medical field told me today, but it was Saturday, so he was wearing relaxed khakis <laughs> and a collared shirt. <laughs> he was in a very relaxed outfit. Like, if he was wearing board shorts, I'd be a little bit more nervous, but he was very... It's Saturday, you know. Did he have Crocs on? No, there were no Crocs. I would walk out if he did. I I know better. I have a good head on my shoulders, Patty. Well, I hope so. Uh, I hope so. I'd like to take this moment to welcome everybody to Dear Pod, the comedy advice podcast. I am your host, Ricardo Montalban. And I am Michelle Kwan from downtown Swing in Hell's Kitchen. Ah, and I, sir, am coming to you from the Maha'a bar in the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? I'm done with this! I'm done! You hear that? He's so upset. My poor Jules is so upset. I'll be honest, he forgot to put something in the board, so now he's just screaming at the air. Oh, I I was going to say. 
I know. This is what it's come to. So, as ever, this week and every damn week that you're in quarantine and out of quarantine and up somebody else's quarantine, you can follow us on our social media across the board at Deerpod Official on your Twitter and your Instagram and your Face Place. Check out our website. Binge us because, hey, hey, guess what? We are in year two of this PCAST. That is right. Second year. Tell them where they can find us and email us, Patty. Sophomore. Sophomore. Sophomore year. I like it when uh, you, you pronounce can... the O in sophomore. The sophomore. Isn't it, don't they do that? Or didn't they do that in... Um, Golden Girls? Always. Like, <laughs> in like college football or some shit. They, when they... like you'd watch it with your parents like, sophomore from Indiana University. <laughs> They, they pronounce every last letter. And now, coming up to the plate, a sophomore from Florida State. Please welcome. Like It's very 1940s broadcaster. That feels like a yeah. hangover. No, but they do it in Golden Girls. Uh, that's B. Arthur, like, showing you her Juilliard-type training when she said to, to Rose, that explains the urge I get to sometimes diaper your head. <laughs> So diaper us, everybody. You can diaper us online. Uh, uh, you can email us, dearpodofficial at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you download your PCasts. But you can find them all on our website, dearpodofficial.com. And while you're there, enjoy sophomore year by diapering <laughs> yourself. <laughs> I'm going to do that for every word I have now. Even if it doesn't work, I'm going to add a vowel. Peepo. You should. <laughs> I think I might have. Oh, wait, no. I can't do that. I was going to say diarrhea, but then it's like I'm already there. I hate it when. Syllables. That's like when people spell diarrhea with an O. There's that random diarrhea spelling where it's like diarrhea. <laughs> like, that's not even. Not only is it not funny, but you're an idiot. <laughs> By the way, okay, so uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, since it, uh-huh. because we're trapped indoors, um, I would like to give sure. give another. What are your what's your shut in shout out for the week? Something that you no. have discovered in quarantine this past week that has made your quarantine a little less fucking miserable. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what it is. What? It is a uh, it's a rusty little number called Al's Bike Shop. Oh, on um uh. On 9th Avenue. Oh, my God. You can hear that St. Malachy's bells going off because it's 1.30. What does that playing mean? No business like, they're playing there's no business like show businesses. They do half hour, at half hour. Oh. Oh, I love um, that. Every half hour, yep. Um, Al's Bike Shop. They sold me my bike. They were very helpful. They're a little rough around the edges, but those those are the bike people. So I have a wonderful bike that I've been trying to bike around the city. Nice. Um, so, yeah. So that's my little shout-out. Uh, that is a lovely shout-out. And originally, the way that you started it, I thought you were going to say Rusty Trombone. So I'm glad you uh, didn't. <laughs> What's a Rusty Trombone? Ask I mean, I know it. <laughs> Who's Rusty Trombone? I did a show with him at the Peanut Butter Players in 1983. Um, my shut-in shout-out is of a food variety and it's something oh. I discovered this week called Veggies Made Great. The company is like, I think it's Garden Lights, Veggies Made Great. And they're making healthy 
veggie items because I, I'm getting very meat hinky during this quarantine. Ever since somebody said wet market, I was like, I, uh, and the, like the idea of bat soup and, and alternative meats. I've just, I've gotten really weird. So I'm, I'm eating a lot more veggies, much to the chagrin of my poor Jules, because every night it sounds like Gene Krupa is playing in the bedroom. It's, it's my body's ripping apart, but I really enjoy this company. It's veggies made great. So they make like, muffins and frittatas, but their muffins are all veggie based. So it was like a, they're little small zucchini muffins with, with blueberries. Nice. In them, so they're sweet and you microwave them for only 30 seconds. Instant breakfast. That's my kind of thing. Something that comes in a plastic bag that I can microwave and I don't have to think about. And you don't end up Tommy gunning the toilet. So that's good. Oh, I always do. There's nothing I can do that will stop that process from happening. <laughs> Every day it's like the Valentine's Day massacre. So this week, speaking of this week's theme is etiquette. <laughs> something yes. something I have none of. I feel like you are a very etiquette forward boy. I feel like you were raised like you're raised a lot around a lot of chicks. So you're very aware of etiquette. I think that you are a mother's dream come true in the 1950s. And I can speak on behalf of my mother. You're my mother's dream come true. Oh, okay. So if you're free. Oh, you should. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I don't know about, well, I mean, I don't know. I, think, I have to say the one time that I raced up the stairs at the, at the subway, with my full backpack and literally was just like taking people out. Sometimes, sometimes you just know when you're, you have just, a, you've thrown your, your manners onto the subway tracks and you're like, I have somewhere to fucking go. And if you're not going to get up the stairs then I'm going to push everybody up, someone tried to push me down the stairs. That didn't go well for them. Exactly. Did not go well. Well, Anywho. etiquette goes out the window when you live in New York. It doesn't, it doesn't exist anymore. Really? Well, I don't know. I think sometimes, I think you can, it just takes a hit every now and again. You're like a door holder, though. I am a door holder. You know how rare that is? Courtesy is not a thing that exists anymore in New York. Or really anywhere. Well, well I mean, I think it's a learned behavior. I mean, if you, I don't know. You're not around someone that knows how to hold a door or pull a, pull a stool out for a lady. Mind if I pull your stool out? <laughs> you can always pull my stool. <laughs> oh, do you hear that? He's making us. I he's think... stifling us in our sophomore year. Okay. Well. Well, then why don't we go into it? Do you want me to start? Do you want you to start? What do you want, Jim to start? Do you want your mom to start? Do you want? I, I want so many. I not to start. I always want Ina to start. Did you see the clip that I posted online where it was just her saying, these are really big figs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make an entire smash cut reel of the things that Ina Garden has said that come out wrong. Mm, I just love these really big figs. Oh, it's a Halloween box. It's the way she says it, too. And she always I'm going to have... Wait, go ahead. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to move the stool in order to get my meat in. You 
They're so moist and delicious. And, uh, like she makes a weird sound. She always uses a spoon that's too big for her mouth, too. It's like she's eating things with a serving spoon. And she doesn't open her mouth all the way. So she's like shoving. It's like a hot dog in. I was No, it's like shoving a watermelon out of a keyhole. It's. She's always like a Three's Company episode. Like if she had a producer coming in and they were in the other room and they were just listening and just be, it'd be like Chrissy with like the big eyes being like, what? What do they say? <laughs> Hold the stool up before I put the meat in. Oh, my God. <laughs> Larry, what's going on in there? You want to put what in her box? <laughs> and the situation is set. I mean, I've got my meat right here. Remember the other one I posted? Yeah. <laughs> she, she pointed down. Oh, where's the beef? Here it is. And she pointed down, meaning like in your house. But she was pointing right at her crotch. She, she can't be completely ignorant about what she's doing. Where's the beef? It's here. In my pants. All right. I like to put st- a little oregano on it. All right, I'll start. You I'll start. start. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is from the Courier Journal, Louisville, Kentucky, Thursday, March 2nd, 1967. Dear Abby, to guide other college boys when they are weekend guests, please tell them not to make the same mistakes our son's pal did last weekend. He opened the refrigerator door and helped himself to anything he wanted. Without waiting to be told where to sit, he scrambled into my husband's place at the table. He helped himself generously to my husband's bourbon. And oh. when, at, mid- at midnight, I offered him coffee and sandwiches to indicate that the bar was now closed, he mixed himself several more drinks. He wolf-whistled when he met me and whacked me on the seat when he left. Signed, Middle-Aged Mom in Augusta. Dear Mom, I doubt if most college boys who are invited to the home of a pal for the weekend need a guide to proper behavior. Just tell your son not to bring home any more fun-loving, thirsty, ill-bred characters. This is kind of like a like an evening shade. Do you, do you remember that show? No, I <laughs> like, never saw it. With like Burt Reynolds. No. No. I... You know, like any, anything with like a like a Tennessee Williams Southern accent is kind of like. Just tell you, it's almost like uh, Clary. Just tell your son not to bring home any more fun. Like anything they could say sounds like just dripping with lust and sex. Do you know what I mean? Like just this. This is from Augusta, Georgia. Just tell your son not to bring home any more fun. Eleven thirsty, ill-bred characters. Like all of a sudden, I feel like I feel like. Abby just was reading some Truman Capote or some Tennessee Williams before she read. She's like, I think I have right. I have the right answer for this one. Please, sir, don't bring your damn answers to me. And she's wafting herself with a slow fan and drinking a mint julep (laughs) on a rocking chair in the heart of August. Now, what I couldn't get past was... I was like, was this Rodney Dangerfield in his house? It sounds like it's a Marx Brothers. It's like a cartoon character. Like he wolf whistled at the woman like, Oh, well, hey there, pretty lady. Don't mind if I help you and myself to some bologna and cheese in your 
fancy icebox. Like, if, okay, I have never, this, I'm, I have so much tension around the idea of whenever you go into somebody's house and they're like, oh, help yourself to anything. Like if you're staying for a couple of days with somebody, even if it's a good friend and they're like, don't wait for us to even invite you into anything, whatever's ours is yours. Like just open a fridge and whatever. I, I will never, like, I barely feel comfortable going home to my parents and opening up the refrigerator in the home I grew up in. I can't even imagine being in somebody's house and like sort of sifting through their fridge and picking no. out something they they ha- and I'd feel weird if somebody did it in my house too. Am I am I uptight by saying this? No, but I think it'd be very strange if if you're the only one eating and the only one drinking. Like you're drinking by yourself and everyone's just kind of watching you. Yeah. So then you're just kind of some like weird sitcom unfolding. Exactly. Where you're where you're, where you're like caveman. And also, I have very specific dietary needs. I'm sure whatever's in there is not my jam. But I even feel weird like being at somebody's house if they have coffee and they're like, oh, go in the fridge and there's this milk and that milk and you can sort of like look look through. It's like trying on somebody's underwear, opening up somebody else's refrigerator. It's a real <laughs> insight into like what's happening in their fridge. To Like, do you ever, do, am I wrong well, in I this? Well, it's not like Pee Wee's Playhouse, and any time you opened up the fridge, and there was a different scene that was unfolding. Do you remember that? <laughs> I love that. I forgot about that. You open it up, and they're like ice skating, and yeah. Now that would be amazing. That would be great. The production value alone—that is worth the stimulus check. Um, I don't really, I, I have no problem with anyone going into my refrigerator. Um, I do have a problem going into other people's things. I just don't think I kind of take my cue from my host. I just, <clears throat> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I don't know. I, I, that's weird. I definitely wouldn't slap someone's mom on the ass unless it's your mom. <laughs> do you promise? Please, will you slap her on the ass next time you see her? Don't say anything. Uh, give her like a big, wet, open mouth kiss. You're like, oh, good to see you. Call her toots. <laughs> well, interesting that you had an eating thing because I, too, um, have a, a dining etiquette article here for you from the News Palladium in Benton Harbor, Michigan, June 13th, 1962, a Wednesday. The title? matter of dining etiquette. Dear Ann Landers, I need an opinion. The women who were with me when this happened were horrified by my bad manners. Am I guilty or not? We were having lunch in a fashionable restaurant recently. When I began to eat my salad, I noticed something under the lettuce leaf which looked strange. I called the waitress and asked what it was. She said she didn't know, but she'd take it to the kitchen and find out. In a few minutes, she returned and said, the chef says it's a piece of pork hock, but no one knows how it got there. I thanked her and that was the end of the matter. The next morning, three of the women present called to tell me I had violated a rule of etiquette. Yes or no? Signed, wants to know. Dear wants, if this incident had occurred in the home of a friend, their criticism would be valid. 
in a restaurant. However, it is perfectly proper to inquire about foreign objects in the food. I assume you did it quietly, however, and that did not make a f- and that you did not make a federal case of it. And somebody's just sliding pork hock under things. Would you call me? You heard um, me. I worked at a restaurant where um, there were whatever they were slicing up the pico de gallo with one of the blades came off. <gasps> In the Pico de Gallo, and it happened multiple times. Excuse me? Mm-hmm. And did people, like, shred their mouth? How did this happen? Nearly. but And then, like, there was no, like, like I'd have to go back and say, hey, um, so here's what happened. <gasps> oh, okay, yeah, it, it came from over here. I'm like, oh, great. Uh, so, anything else? Like, <laughs> they were just kind of like, yeah, that happened. Which I... Still don't understand. Oh, was were they like, oh, like, again, Edward? And they turn and it's Edward Scissorhands, and he's like, oh, so, uh. <laughs> kind of. Wow. What what were they cutting it with? Uh, it's like one of those multi, It's like one of those multiple blade objects. That you, I don't know. I'm not a kitchen person. <laughs> Something that looked like like a, a crop shearer. I, I can't imagine. <laughs> Like, how much pico de gallo are you making that you need to, like, dice it up with multiple knives? Listen, I have no idea. I just don't know. You're just delivering the news. And nobody... Correct. Now, if you get stuff in a restaurant that's not right, are you a sender backer? Uh, I mean, if it's raw... Yeah, same. I'll send it back. But other than that, you'll sort of, like, just deal with it. I once got a salad that had a rock in it, and I just ate around it. (laughs) What? Yeah, it had, like, a pebble. Not not a small pebble, but not, like, a a boulder. And it had a rock in it, and I was like, oh, I don't want to make waves. I'm the opposite of what most people think of when they're like, white women. White women are always sending things back. I'm like, no, um, not all of us. I'm too scared of conflict. <laughs> Even if, yes, you want, I get, you sent me something that has an, a dangerous item in it. I'll, I'll eat around this rock. I don't know how a pebble got in there. Um, well, are we... Are we moving on, Sire? Uh, if, if you want to, if you have nothing more to say on dining etiquette, yes. I say let's move uh, along. Well, actually, if we're gonna if we're gonna do that and we have not mentioned like the the clap, the whistle, the snap, um, while dining out, I would just like to mention that if you want to clap, whistle, or snap at somebody or your bartender, which a lot of people like to do to me. <gasps> You can guarantee yourself at least 25 minutes worth more of waiting. Uh-huh. That's, that, that's how I would, that's how I roll. Who clapped at you? Any, any kind of, you know, up, uppity asshole in Hell's Kitchen that, you know, decided oh. they need to cut the line and they're like, excuse me, excuse me, you know, snapping their fingers. Uh-uh. You know, stuff like that. 
Um, I, when it first you said the clap, the whistle, the snap, I was like, is that a dance? Like I was trying to figure uh-huh. out, is, yep. that on, is that on TikTok? No Me clapping, either. whistling, or snapping unless you do it rhythmically and with flair. <laughs> I did a comedy show. Well, not a comedy show. Let's be honest. I did a TED Talk event on Zoom the other night. And I was supposed to be the comic relief. And let me tell you what makes you want to walk into traffic is 150 people in a Zoom room all put on mute. They were all on mute. So you're saying things and all you can do is trust that somebody somewhere is laughing except you can see their faces. And you know how, like, when you watch TV at home and you see something funny, you're not always laughing out loud? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a bunch well, of people who it, were just nodding and staring. Do you watch Bill Maher? I can't stand Bill Maher. Do you oh, like Bill Maher? Okay. I do like Bill Maher. But he does his show, and usually he's in front of, like, an audience. And when he started doing the quarantine shows, there was no laughter, no nothing. Awful. So it just is so, like... It's the most humbling experience. And then they put a laugh track in, like a funny, like over the top, hysterical, like laugh track thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine doing a comedy show on Zoom. No, it's no. awful. No, thank you. And let me tell you what, when you take away any of the um, collective consciousness of people sitting in a room and laughing, it shows you where all the holes are. Like the sip and twirl on Fire Island, show me where the holes are. It was, it, it was rough. Just, that's disrespectful. Isn't it, though? Isn't it fun? All right, give me another one. Dear Abby, this is from the Pentagraph, Bloomington, Illinois, Wednesday, December 8th, 1965. Dear Abby, my fiancé is 21, and I am 20. We are both university students, and for financial and other reasons, we can't get married for at least another year. They're 20 and 21. We've gone together for a long time. Again, they're 20 and 21. And as you might have guessed, we have become intimate. They're 20. Naturally, yeah. Naturally, we don't want any children. So I've been taking birth control pills. My question is this. Is it considered etiquette for my fiance to help me pay for these pills? I haven't mentioned this to him because I don't feel I know him well enough to discuss money with him. (laughs) (laughs) I work part-time and he is on a very tight allowance, but these pills add up. If you think it's proper to ask him to contribute something toward these pills, I will. Please don't use my name or mention the university we attended. Signed, Puzzled Coed. Dear Coed, I could fill this page with a moral lecture on how to behave and why, but unasked for advice is rarely heeded. So, to answer your question bluntly, since neither Emily nor Amy covers this point of etiquette, pay for the pills yourself. You surely wouldn't want any children by a man you didn't know well enough to discuss money with. That you're going to be married to. That you've been fucking for a really long time. Even though you're 20. Oh, really? We've known each other since I was 10. And isn't that wonderful? Mm, he loves my 20-year-old muffins. Oh. Ah. So they can't get married for at least... Uh, we, they can't get married for at least another year. They've been together for a long time. 
gave another 20. And she doesn't know him well enough to talk about finances, but she's going to allow, she's going to be like, she's going to be bent over the kitchen sink and been taking it every day. And she doesn't want to talk about some pills. And they're going to be married and, and fuse their lives together. But still, she's like, I don't know. Do I talk about money with my husband to beat? I don't know. I, I mean, he can Boston Red Sox me, but I don't really want to talk about the, the amount of pills and that I have to go to the CVS for. I'm I just, fine I just with can't. getting a rusty trombone every day at 3 o'clock, but I can't dare ask him for a copay. I mean, I did find his Timex stuck way deep inside me, <laughs> cleaned it out. But I just, I just don't feel comfortable. It's okay that we had a five-way with the gang downstairs that takes care of our, our lobby, but I just don't feel comfortable asking him for the twenty-two fifty for the pills. Oh, if it's twenty-two fifty, she has a terrible health insurance plan. Well, well, it was. She doesn't time. seem to. She doesn't really seem to have the best judgment. Is anybody concerned in her family over the two of them? What year was this again? 1965. Oh, yeah. I guess that was kind of an average age for getting married. Can you picture if you married somebody you dated at age 20? Uh, Well, then I would probably be 9,000 pounds. Yeah. And I would be a repressed homosexual. And wouldn't it be fun? <laughs> no, it would not. Etiquette um, around money is an interesting thing. I just find this, I, I, the reason why I picked this out was, number obviously, because they're 20 and 21 years old. They've been intimate for a really long time, um, yet they're not married. I just find it so beyond me that you wouldn't, so if they've been together for a long time, say like three years. So in three years, you guys just never talk about, you just never talk about finances, but everything else is. Like, That's because right? they're fetuses. Like, I didn't know shit about money. Oh, boys, at age 20 or 21. I really didn't. How would you even right. know? And he, she said allowance. Did you notice that little? He gets an allowance. He yeah. gets an allowance. If you're still getting an allowance, you shouldn't be married. Unless you, this is like 18th century Russia and there's a dowry involved or something. But if you're still getting an allowance, I severely doubt you're ready to be wed. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to move along and give you another article. Please. We could actually, yeah. like, when I started to look up etiquette, I was like, there's a lot on etiquette. We could get specifics about stuff, like etiquette on parties and etiquette on dining and eti etiquette yeah. for everything. And it's a bunch of horseshit, I tell you what. Some of that Emily Post stuff, there's a lot of etiquette around weddings and what people should and shouldn't do. And I don't yeah. think we have that kind of stuff anymore, I think. But I do know people who still sort of, like, stand by that around the etiquette of, like, um, thank you cards and everything. Those little, like, cross the T's and dot the I's proper I things concur. that you should do. Yeah. I kept finding a bunch of stuff for... Um, uh, showers like wedding showers and there were so many articles about who pays for what who hosts this how many can you be invited to can you are you, is there can you be invited to too many is it disrespectful all of it 
I mean, you, we can go on and on. I don't know why I chose the ones that I chose, but that's the one I chose, and there we have. I, oh. We could even go back and do weddings again at some point. I mean, considering we're in the non-wedding wedding season, can you that's imagine right. the insane women who are supposed to get married right now? No, I cannot. This is why I'm, I mean, partially is the reason why I'm gay. I just wanted to avoid this whole wedding thing with a woman. I just didn't think it would go very well. And I don't think you'd enjoy the aftermath either. I don't think I'd enjoy the aftermath or what happens or the after the ceremony or the during or any math. of that. Yeah, oh I don't God. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I have another article for you, and this one is from a bizarre newspaper that we haven't done yet, which is the Fond du Lac Commonwealth Reporter of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, which is near you, right? Or was near you. I believe so. Fond du Lac. Fond du Lac. Fond du Lac. I touch his Fond du Lac every night. This is from November 14th, 1975. Etiquette is based on common sense. Oh, Dear Ann Landers, my handwriting is so bad I'm ashamed of it. No matter how hard I try, I can't improve. A few years ago, I decided to type all personal letters and notes. Last month, we had a death in the family. I received several cards and sympathy letters. I acknowledged them on the typewriter. A close friend told me that I had violated the basic rule of etiquette. Yes or no. Signed, Hen Scratcher in Helena. Dear Hen, in my opinion, no. I'd rather receive a typewritten note I can read than a handwritten one that is illegible. Etiquette is based on common sense. And handwriting. That's the worst of what was going on for this guy in 1975. I'm so ashamed of my handwriting. Remember cursive? Yes. Trust me when I say I would violate all etiquette if I wrote anything to anybody now because my handwriting is such shit. Thanks to typing and texting, handwriting is a thing of the past. I mean, I go in and out of regular just like handwriting and and just cursive sometimes. And sometimes, like yesterday I was writing, I was addressing an envelope and I think I wasted five envelopes. I was like, this looks like I'm like Catherine Hepburn in a helicopter trying to address <laughs> a ladder. Like, this is like, this is going well. Who put me in this helicopter <laughs> and told me to write a grocery list? <laughs> That's, yeah. I, I, it's just, it's just rotten. And and I had to sign something today for my antibody test. And I wrote my email address three times. To make it look clear three times. To- <laughs> and I confirmed it with her when I left and I said, read me back my email address that I wrote down there. Just to make sure. I was like, I'm covering all the bases here. But it's terrible. The only thing that I can sign well is my autograph. And even that confuses the shit out of people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and no. I, we went through all of the drama to learn cursive when you were a kid. You had the lined and paper, for, and for what? And for what? For what? For what? We couldn't see if we if we had a forward machine, time travel. I think it's called. If you went uh-huh. forward in time, you would never know that we would not need to be using our hands for anything. 
Why? But I want to know. There are so many, like the, some people that I went to grade school with. Their handwriting, their cursive is so fantastic. Mine looks like I I just carved letters out of a potato and dipped it in ink. Yeah. I don't understand. Like we had the same teachers. How does like he he looks like he's like like Wolfgang uh, Amadeus, and I I'm like Jodie Foster, you know, in Mel. I, I don't understand like where like like there's a significant there was like a significant difference between the how we progressed in our at St. Giles College uh, St. Giles Elementary School. He's giving you a symphony and you're giving him Tay in the Wind. I yeah. I'm like just out I'm giving like Yeah, I'm just like sitting there squatting in a hole in the ground and he's like I've got a bidet. like I don't understand. I just don't understand. Yeah. Like my dad had beautiful handwriting. My mom does, but I, I, I it's hard pressed to find someone with really great. And when I see it, I acknowledge him. Like, wow, that's a that's amazing. You have more important things you, to worry about. I know when you encounter when you encounter somebody who's got good handwriting, and I look like I placed a pen in my foot to sign checks. <laughs> I. I, I <laughs> Uh, maybe it's because we're too anxious. Because maybe because they take their time. Yeah, I kind of just want to blast through information. Chances are, if I'm if I'm like writing something down physically, I'm probably filling out a form for a doctor. I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to perfect that moment. Just filling out this thing for the antibodies yesterday, I looked at my handwriting and I was like, something's wrong. Like even yeah. if you were to compare it, and you know those people who do like hand sample analysis or something, handwriting samples. Uh-huh. Like, it's gotten worse, where they say things like, if you're a serial killer, you write in both directions. I'm absolutely Eileen Warnos then, because it's like, sure. like vowels are going to the left, every other thing is going to the right, it's up, it's down, it's hieroglyphics, it's a guy with, <laughs> with hands going in either direction, it's an eye, it's um, a scarab, <laughs> you know. But, I, you know, I think they've actually phased out cursive. I think you don't write in cursive anymore. I don't think they teach it. I can't imagine that they do because I haven't gone. Well, last time I went into a classroom, I I don't even know what year it was, but I didn't see like the usual, you know, like, like cursive the things on the walls, banners, yeah. yeah, all that shit. All that shit. Instead, it just looked like eggplant emojis. It's like these emojis are what you use when you feel bad. Very impressive. Well, we're devolving. I feel like we don't need. We don't need to write anymore. We do talk to text. And you're lucky if I even read that before I click send. In fact, sometimes I will read it and I will see how messed up it is and I'll click send anyway because it's just funnier. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what if we went back to smoke signals and they taught that in classes instead? Well, I think they just they they opted out of that and they just stole the land instead. Oh, that's easy. Oh, yeah. see? oh okay. Remember when we were talking about people teaching things in classes and kids aren't going back to school this year? <laughs> oh, Speaking of smoke signals, it's time to send up a puff for my mother, everybody. It is time. Uh, Are you ready? <gasps> yeah. It's time. It's- Time for the moth report. Time to call my mother and find out what she's wearing. And if she's enjoying sophomore year. Or is she a junior? 
or a senior? No, she's up New Hampshire. This is going to be interesting. Uh-oh. Hello? Hello, how are you? Uh-oh, can you hear me? Yes, too loudly. Oh, oh sorry, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in New Hampshire, and sometimes I don't get good, uh, re, re, you know, I don't get, I don't connect with people on the phone. I don't know why. Most people I'm in, in New Hampshire don't. Area. This is yeah, why I know. we're going to get you a tin can with some strings attached to it. Patty, are you there? That would work. Patty? Patty? Yes. Oh, okay. There he is. Oh. I was worried about you. Me too. Me too. Someone's Hi, everybody. How are well, you welcome, today? Welcome to Dear Pod, the comedy advice podcast. I'm your host, Aaron McGu Oh, wait. Oh, we did that part already. That's fine. It's fine. I hope sauce. you're enjoying this beautiful day. It's uh, very sunny, and there are boats in the water. <gasps> and. It's really starting to spring up up here, so it's a, it's windy though. It's kind of chilly. <laughs> I oh. wouldn't be out in a boat if I if I was there. Tell the good people what you wore today because you've become that person oh, when the I sun know. comes I out. I know. I was are so they, excited. I saw the. Are they short shorts? <laughs> oh, short good God, shorts. no, Patty. Uh, no, they're long shorts. <laughs> uh, just cut off. But I got uh, so excited uh, when I saw seventy uh, degrees. I said, "I'm wearing sandals today." Your Daisy so, Dukes are on. You're ready to my go. My Daisy Dukes, yes. Oh, who's a your little Dukes I look of more like Daisy Dukes' boyfriend. <laughs> Luke Duke. Mammy Yoko, Grandpa. That's all I. Yes. I, th I thought Jim just said Dwight Yoakam. I'm like, well, that's kind of offensive. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Mammy Yoakam. We go way back, Patty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh God! I'm yeah. like, wow. Good old Jim's Dwight just Yoakam. Loving it from the <laughs> from behind the bar. He looks like Dwight Yoakam. Um, just for the record, we were we're sitting here talking about handwriting, and you. Um, actually went through the trouble of taking a calligraphy class, a dying art. What else are you taking? Latin? What was that second question? <laughs> you, I, no, you I did take a calligraphy class. I, I loved, uh, I love handwriting, and I, I took a calligraphy class. I did all the uh, invitations for everybody in the family, <laughs> for the weddings and all that or anything. I just like to handwrite. It's did a dying you do it for art. Aaron's wedding? I did. I did. Did yes. you? I don't even remember. I think, I, oh, yeah, oh, definitely. Wow. Yeah, it, it's fun wow. to do. And how, uh, do you feel, how do you feel about the fact that Erin just admitted to you that she didn't even acknowledge the fact? She doesn't even remember. Fact. Can you believe it? She doesn't it? even care. That's you know what you should do? You should go. You should. You and your husband should go back to your attorney, pull out the will, and just scratch her out. Scratch it off. She doesn't even remember you what the bet. hell you did. I'm sorry. Who and is I this? want my dishes back, Erin. Who, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> She's got. She's so disrespectful. She's got a lot of fucking nerve. You will never treating, get your dishes you back. Like <laughs> and you're you know lucky I remember anything that after that wedding. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've done it so many times, but I, I never really rented myself out to do it. I just Whoa, did it. That's a different podcast. Cheap whore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But I was like, I was like the best student in the class, as a matter of fact. Uh, uh, uh. uh, uh I was uh, like, uh. yeah, everybody looked to me for help. Because Wait, I could just, wasn't just this one of those naturally like, to me. like adult annex evening classes at the VFW Hall? Well, it wasn't at VFW. It was on Arlington High School. And um, 
I was very, very good. And uh, I, I like to do it when there's anything nice that you need to write for. So oh. uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Maybe we I've can get a sample from you. I've always been very interested in like, I li- I've always liked arts and drawing and, and doing any like pencil pictures and things like that. I did a whole bunch of oil paintings when I was a little kid, like probably 12. I, I took all the pictures out of a Bible uh, all kinds of like uh, scenes from the Bible and oil painted them. And then my mother cleaned out the basement and threw them all out. So <gasps> I know I'd love to have one of them now. As a matter of fact, I did a portrait back in the 1960s of the Beatles and it came out really good. And uh, I, I had a friend in high school and I said, I gave it to her. And I, I don't know why I did that, but I would love to see it now. You know, she still has it. Think about the Van Gogh-like artwork I could have in my house if you had the foresight to hold on to your goods and pieces. And then someone came into the house and they were like, oh, is that a Maguire? And I said, yes. Yes, it is the original. And then, and then, and then I got married and pregnant and then boom, everything stopped. All my creativity (laughs) went down the tubes. And I I didn't have time to draw anymore. And uh, if I got the stuff out to do any drawing or painting, the kids would get into it. I couldn't have any time alone. So uh, I stopped doing it all. But now that I can do it again, I haven't really decided to pick it up again. So <laughs> seems like your seems like, like your children have ruined your creativity. It ruined and my your, life and your, and your childlike spirit, and it's really it has, just sucked all the life right out of and you. And your will and to live. You they sapped me of my creativity. I have yeah, to call my therapist, you guys. Your, your daughter doesn't remember the painstaking process of you putting pen to paper for her. Yes, I know. Wedding invitation. No, actually, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's coming back to me. I don't think I did those. I didn't think so. You're right. I'm sorry. You did. Well, I'm not taking anything back that I just said. (laughs) You double down, Patty. That's fine. You create a rift between me and my mother that started with something as simple as handwriting, and now I'm out of the will. I'm out of the will. I'm never going to get her... Her um, Hallmark's Precious Moments collection now. My father has three dollars. I, I could have gotten. I apologize, Erin. I thought I did yours, but it comes. I just realized you had kind of quirky, fun little invitations, and you and Jim just sent them out from there. So, hey, what can I say? Uh, yeah, I we had corrected. the busted invitations that you could get on Snapfish that you rip the bottom off and you send it back yeah. like a really shitty postcard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and while we did it, we justified our chicken. Yeah, we justified that, like us saving money on those things by being like, oh, we're eco-friendly. No, we're just cheap. No, <laughs> we're just trying to cut corners. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that brings up a lot of memories. <laughs> are you um? Are you okay, mother? Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay, thank good. you. That's all that I'm matters. Good. Okay, uh-huh. so I'm gonna go call my therapist. But I want to thank you so much <laughs> for giving us. Well, you're a- welcome. <laughs> so much. I hope you have a lovely weekend, everybody. Bye, Patty. Bye, Jim. Bye. Thanks I for joining us. Go put on what? your short shorts. Okay. Yeah, I had to unzip them because they're getting too tight. Too many ding-dongs in in quarantine. Yeah. I'm going to go have a a hostess cupcake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't change anything. 
Sword. Well, you okay. you have fun with that, and we will talk I to will. you next week, okay? Have a good one. All okay, right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Every week, it's something fresh and new, isn't it? She loved, She sounded like she really had something other than us to do today. <laughs> wait, wait. You think she was busy? Is that what you're saying? Like she was trying yeah. to... And she's like, yeah, because she, usually she's like, okay, well, today it's like, okay. it was almost as if she didn't want to. She was like slowly like, like exiting the Zoom meeting, like just reaching for the button. Yeah, just walk away. I just, um, I got to go and do a, do you know how hard it is to get off of Zooms and phone calls now with people when you have nowhere to go? You have no excuse. Yep. Yeah. You can't say, oh, I've got to, or someone's at my door. Or I got to go to that. No. Yeah. I have an appointment at the, no, I don't. Uh, You have no out anymore. And it's a nightmare. Yep. The people that have been asking to do like, oh, will you do this free benefit concert where, where you have to tape everything ahead of time and then you can videotape yourself hanging from a ceiling. Do you have an assortment of costumes and wigs that you could possibly use? And what are you going to say? What are you going to say? Where am I going to go? Oh, I would love to, but oh, I can't. I'm at home. I have nothing. And I have no out yeah. and I have no excuse. It's awful. Oh, my. Uh- it's time already. 200 hours in. Are you ready for the song? I think I am ready for the... Now, take it in your mouth. Take it in your mouth. It's time for instagram instagram We keep breaking Oh, that's the most workout my lower abs has gotten in quite some time. It's like Keone and laughter are the only things that are keeping me tethered to this world. So, this week, as every week, we are on our Instagram mail at Dear Artificial, and we're always asking you guys questions in our Instagram story. And as much as we would love to follow you because you have 100,000 followers, or as much as I would love to hear about headshot deals that I can get in L.A., what I would love more is for you people to ask us questions. And every week we have a new theme. So sometimes we'll put out a question that says, ask us a question about etiquette. Ask us a question about weddings. Ask us a question about anal. And you should ask us questions about these topics. Other than that, you know, if we leave it open, then you can. <laughs> I'd be very curious if we actually posted, ask us your questions about anal. If we would now get like a <laughs> legitimately 100 responses as opposed to what we normally get. Like, I love your free headshot. Hey, your your page is really amazing. Do you want to co-sponsor? Or like all those like nonsensical things. Instead, we get like one after the next. Like, how deep is too deep? Can you do three deep? Can you have a, can you charge? Does it tear? What's an anal fissure? What about hemorrhoids? What about Wait. talking with hemorrhoids? Wait, have you ever chewed on a hemorrhoid? Stop right there. What's an anal fissure? <laughs> I feel like this is. So- well, I can. Oh, wait, F-I-S-S-U-R-E, like a fissure or a fissure? Yes. Oh, those are two very different not, things. An, well, an anal fissure is someone that's just kind of cruising for sex. 
an what? anal fissure <laughs> is a tear. Oh, oh God, Jeffrey had one of those. And when he came back from a really long walk, he asked me to take out my sewing kit. <laughs> I haven't sewn oh. since 1963, when I used to sew with Betsy Ross. But once I was done with that flag, I just turned right over and sewed him right up. <laughs> Ew, anal fissure. Mm. I'm uncomfortable. So, yes, ask us questions about anal. Now, honest to God, let's do this as a test next week on the Dear Pod official Instagram page. And I'm giving you guys a heads up on this. Uh, heads. I, we're going to put ask us any question about anal. And we're going to see if we get specific hits. I think there's only one way to tell. And that's just to do it. Oh right? My, oh, my God. Exactly. So, this week, we actually have a couple. We have a couple questions about... Uh, etiquette-related questions, but we have one rogue outlier question. So, so why don't you mm-hmm. kick us off? Pick one, anyone, tear it up. Okay. Create a fissure, and let's dive in. Uh, uh, okay. Here we go. Are you there? Uh, yes, yes, I am. Uh, okay. Is that why he's there? This is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Here's my first question. How do I refrain from punching someone in the face that doesn't have a mask on when they are when they get within six feet of me? Thank you. Very good question. Okay. Okay. Here's what Abby has to say. In this new era of coronavirus, we must begin to look at our manners and etiquette and make the necessary adjustments. Like that old commercial of the 1980s suggested that when you were reaching your boiling point with your children, stop. Take a deep breath and count to 10. Or in my mother's case, she made it to five before I immediately had a bar of dial soap shoved into my mouth. In this elevated state of paranoia during this pandemic, the normal social order is a bit askew. While I do recognize the moderate exercise of the mask can be extremely taxing, depending on the type of mask that is worn, according to Dr. Granity from New York City, exercising with the mask is not not necessary unless you come in close contact with another person. So it is recommended to carry one at all times. But if you insist on running directly behind someone or forcing to keep in step with a jogging mom and her jogging stroller, then I would be prepared to be verbally assaulted and or smacked with a hidden full diaper from said jogging stroller or held kitchen denizen who has been sleeping in the 50th Street subway station or who has taken up residence in the outside plastic atrium of Cielo on 49th Street. <laughs> Common sense says to wear masks, gloves, and keep your distance when around other citizens. However, I do feel that it is well within your right to yell, mask, mask. Although depending on the area you live in, Boys Town, the Tenderloin, or Hell's Kitchen, you might confuse the, the person in thinking that you are looking for a homosexual liaison such as mask for mask. <laughs> if you screamed mask in Hell's Kitchen and somebody came out with like a masquerade mask, <laughs> like just a sexy glitter thing, I was like, oh my God, I completely misunderstood the assignment. Or what would be even better if you yelled that and like a ton of people came out on different steps and then just started doing masquerade from the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> You know, it's somebody, somebody <laughs> sang this once and it's been in my head ever since. It's masquerade, paper faces throwing shade. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid and it makes me so happy. It 
it's the little things, isn't it? <laughs> it, or, it really is. What it if you really screamed is. mask and Eric Stoltz came out and he was like, I'm ready. <laughs> He's like, again? We can do the musical version of this. And Cher is like, where the hell have you been? Do your share. I can't do share. I don't even attempt to compete with your share. Where the hell have you been? <laughs> and for and the for record, all of you, oh, go ahead. all of you listeners, please note that Netflix is now uh, showing burlesque. So you're <gasps> welcome. Everybody. Oh, thank you for alerting everybody to that. That is the best PSA I've heard since this whole thing began. Wagon wheel one two see. Wouldn't it be great if you had an Amber Alert on your phone that went off when Netflix added something good like that? Like, you know, yeah. Oh, my God, I thought that my daughter was stolen, but it's burlesque on Netflix. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, it dropped today. <laughs> Whew, the first of May, baby. I should know better. And, yes, this mask thing is a bit of a pain in the ass, and I'll just tell you why. We're coming into the hot, hot summer months, so I'm sure that it's going to be you're going to see less and less of it. But I also burped in my mask the other day and it's Dutch ovening your face is, is I don't recommend it. I don't know. I need to get a breathable fabric. If we're going to go into the summer with this, maybe like a linen, you know, a shift type fabric, something that, that can flow, things can flow in and out of. And I guess that that's defeating the purpose of the whole thing to begin with, isn't it? Do you mean um, like a mesh mask? Yeah. Maybe something that you can like get a straw through. I want to be able to cut a little hole in the mouth so at least I can bring my drink up to my mouth. And again, I know I'm defeating the purpose, but I'm ticking the boxes as much as I can, right? Sure. Now, here is what Anne had to say. So how do I refrain from punching someone in the face that doesn't have a mask on when they get within six feet of me? If I've learned one thing from being raised on cartoons, a boxing glove on the end of a spring is the best way to knock out your opponent and get a laugh. Whether your adversary is wily coyote or a socially irresponsible moron, I find it does the trick. I'd order it now. Amazon is going to run out of industrial springs and boxing gloves the second that the stay-at-home order is lifted. And you don't want to go into the summer without this primary weapon and your line of defense against stupid people. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> and happy distance punching. <laughs> and you know what? Good luck, too. Good luck and good luck. We need both of those things right now. Good fucking good luck. Good fuck, everybody, and good night. <laughs> that was actually the original title of that movie, and then, you know, they changed it in post. All right, next question. Are we doing the in the evening? We are doing that one, right? Okay, yeah. Okay, yes, good. In the evening, would you rather play a game, visit a relative, watch a movie, or read? Visit relatives. At this point in the quarantine, I'm so ready to look at someone else's face. I made Jules put on a mask. Let's go read. <laughs> As I said to my Jules last night, I love you. I just, I want to see other people. Like a breakup in a John Hughes film. When this phase of our lives is over, I guarantee people will be so happy to look at anyone besides their quarantine partner. Old family grudges will fall away. In-laws will become welcome in homes. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Then about a week later, we'll all go back to hating each other. But oh, that divine, delicious window of time where all is right with the world will be fantastic. Make sure and take pictures as that harmony will definitely not last. 
<laughs> that was a, that was when I said Anne, I was having an anal fissure. Uh-oh. I was having an anal Jolie Fisher. <laughs> Remember her? Someone's got it. Someone's got to use her. Jolie Fisher is with Dido in quarantine. Oh, what's your answer over there? My answer is, in the evening, would you rather play a game, visit a relative, watch a movie, or read? Normally, my calendar is fully booked in the evenings with book signings, going to the pump room at the Ambassador East, or giving lectures on the North Shore Ladies Auxiliary Club. In the rare occasion, I do partake in a very competitive and heated bridge tournament in the basement of the Twin Anchors in Old Town. However, these mm-hmm. days of quarantine, I find that I am forced to alter my calendar a bit. I am not one to visit a relative at night, no, no matter what the state of the world is. I simply don't trust them when the moon is high. My nights are now filled with reading through bags and bags of fan mail from all my wonderful readers and tasting my recipes from my Dear Abby cookbook on sale now. So I guess to use your question and my answer, I would say that I like to play the game of avoiding my relatives while enjoying giving them a good read and watching that disaster movie unfold before me. Oh, that was really well done. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank your creative writing teacher from high school. She, she was very good to you. And I want to thank your dentist. Both lovely Thank people. You. Absolutely lovely. All right. I did a deeper dive on this last one. So I don't oh, know if okay. you want to go a slightly deeper dive, not too, too much. Right. But Well, I don't want it to go. I don't want it to hurt, but, but then maybe I should just, I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I should probably just go quickly. Let yeah, me just, let me just go. I'll be real quick. Just you in and out. Just in and out. Yeah. I don't want to even know you're there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. already, I'm already turned on. Oh, it's already done. Okay, good. Oh, you're just, oh. I'm not even damn. <laughs> wow, what an easy um, blood draw. Wow. Oh, we're talking about blood drawing. Oh, oh. we're talking oh. Letting go. Uh, here we go. Revolving doors. Lady goes first and, and push or goes second to push for her. Emily Post, period. Abby says, ah, this old chestnut. Many say that the man finds himself in such a quandary with this one. Etiquette says ladies first. However, it also says to open a door for a lady. So what is a man to do? Does he push the sometimes heavy revolving door for her? Does he allow her to go first and push from behind? Does he turn to her and say, you burned your bra, push your own goddamn door, sister? The answer to revolving door is just like the door itself. You can go round and round. Sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's a little bit more difficult. Nowadays, you can find a regular door on either side of the revolving door to avoid the entire situation altogether. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there, so I say just get through the damn door and get to work. Time is money, people. Ooh, business. All business. I did a little bit of a deeper dive on this one because I was, I was uh-huh. intrigued about some facts about revolving doors. Lady goes first and push for her or go second and push for her. Revolving doors are the worst thing to happen to architecture since Frank Gehry. I don't know what genius was behind the idea (laughs) that a human-propelled carousel is a good way to enter an office. Watching adults try to maneuver their way in and out, waiting for the right time to hold their breath and jump in this glass death turnstile like (laughs) some sadistic game of double dutch is anxiety-inducing. I hate them. It's like my brassiere, 
I need help getting in and out of one. Urban legend states that revolving doors were invented in the 1800s to prevent horses from entering buildings. Mission accomplished. Now no one can get in. (laughs) The awkward ballet of strangers having to suddenly work as a team makes revolving door etiquette difficult to navigate. Literally, whenever I enter one, I feel like I'm rowing crew. All right, everyone, right foot, left foot, step lively, jump in, jump out. In the past, it was tradition that men should enter first to shoulder the weight of the strength needed to start the damn door. Then the lady would jump in while the thing was in motion and pick a god to pray to, hoping her leg didn't get caught. But sexual politics and fitness trends have changed this. I know several women who do boot camps and tough mudders. They don't need a woman's help. They don't need they don't need a man's help moving a sofa, <laughs> much less a door. God help me if my delicate jewels ever had to start a revolving door in motion, I'd still be standing outside 528th Avenue today. A good rule of thumb is if you feel like you are the stronger of the pair, you get the ball rolling, so to speak. But if your lady can bench press 285, let her take the lead. And here's a little metaphor for my listeners. Revolving doors are like most relationships. You jump in too fast, trip over each other, push too hard, and try try to get out quickly. Just make sure you get off before the next guy slips in. Remember when I said tough mutters, and then I tried to say they after the word mutter, and then I sounded like I was singing a reggae song? Tough mutters, they don't need help, man. Like I'm suddenly a Jamaican nanny. And a tough mother. So while we were talking today, I literally just checked my phone because my brain tuned out when somebody else was jibber-jabbering. Um, so I, I, I got a text from a fan of ours out of nowhere, and she just said, just thought you should know, on my long, lonely walks by myself, I have been enjoying Dear Pod and crying hysterically with Liza's press conferences. <laughs> Since you love being sentimental, I thought I would let you know. You are making a difference. You are brightening my day. Isn't that awesome? That's great. So we're we're people's um we're in your ear and we're in your rear. We're in when your you're rear. On a long walk. Just know that when you guys go on long lonely walks in this quarantine, we're in your rear. I mean ear. We're we're in your rear. We're there and we're creating anal jolly fishes. So, yes, it's nice to know. And yeah, I, I've been getting some good feedback. I, I do uh, twice weekly, I do a press briefing as Liza Minnelli on my Instagram page, which is Erin McGuire Official, M A G U I R E. Follow me. Follow Patty on his personal Instagrams as well, which is the Patrick O'Brien. We have lots of Instagram ways to get in touch with us. People want to talk to us. We want to talk to you, and I do press briefings where you can ask Liza Minnelli some questions about the State of the Union. This press conference is so hard. Did you watch it the other day when I had Uma Thurman on as a guest? No. Oh, my God, you didn't watch that one? This was yesterday. Yeah, go go on my Instagram because now I've started IGTV, so I save... Uh, except for the first two, I've saved all of the Liza Minnelli press briefings and I put them on IGTV so you can watch it after the fact. You don't want to miss this. There's a moment Uma Thurman showed up. She was in the bunker. Things happened. Words were said. I I don't want to give it away. (laughs) 
That's the beauty of IGTV. Just because you missed the live feed doesn't mean it doesn't still exist for you to enjoy. Doesn't that sound nice? It sounds delightful. You know what else sounds delightful right now? Oh, <gasps> special day, special day drink. I need a drink that's got a cocktail for my anal fissures. I've got these <laughs> anal fissures and these Jolie fissures. They're really painful. Don't shove this Someone's drink up. Someone's chewing away. on my Jolie fissures. Gonna pop in your mouth and squeeze down your throat. Has Jolie anyone seen Connie Stevens' teeth? Well, if you've got teeth like Connie Stevens, Push one to the side like an abacus and slide this new cocktail down your throat. It's nice that you'd have teeth that you could kind of like adjust from side to side and and create room for a straw, perhaps. So, this week's specialty cocktail is a tequila sunrise. Oh, how 80s. Isn't that wonderful? Makes you want to do a bump of cocaine off a hooker's ass. All right. With Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. This was found in life and enjoyed on Cinco de Mayo by Senor Diego Julio Ferris. Fill a highball glass with ice. Then add two ounces of tequila. Fill with fresh orange juice. Float with chambord or grenadine. And garnish with an orange wedge. And here are the tasting notes. It's the beginning of May, people. We've had it with the rain and the crappy weather. And for the first time in 2020, the sun is finally coming out. So let's celebrate all of its glorious warmth and comfort in a drink that's so easily forgiving because it looks like you're just drinking orange juice. If you're making this drink for brunch, float it with grenadine for the sunrise, or it might use chambord for the sunset. In this time of quarantine, it is absolutely acceptable to celebrate Cinco de Mayo every damn day until 2021. Cinco de Mayo! Go! I wish you were here to look at this. She is so pretty, and he put it in the... My jewels put it in that glass that has the uh, the male exotic dancer on it, so I'm looking at a guy wearing assless chaps. Well, that's me right now. Aren't you... Have you worn a solid pant in a while? I always wear pants. I don't. <laughs> oh, my God, this is... You know what? This feels like a 1980s drink, but it's very refreshing. This is surprising to me. Whoever ordered... Can you imagine going someplace and ordering a tequila sunrise? No. I've made them several times. I'm always a little bit like, really? That's your choice? Okay. Oh, you made them for like other people order them? Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. It's like an Alabama slammer. I've never heard somebody actually order it. Yeah. Well, they do. Wow. That is actually a brunchy cocktail, though. How is this really? I mean, it's like it's tequila, OJ, Chambord, Grenadine, and an orange wedge. I mean, like, that's just basically, it's like a mimosa with more of a punch in the mouth. Correct. A paposa. Well, this was a lovely sunrise, sunset, sunrise, sunset. Slowly drag the days in quarantine. I I don't know what the next lyrics were. Uh, something about you have been sleeping with my mother. Did you? So we're we're like done. You can you can pack that off anytime you want.